It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on today's Locked On Bucks, we start to examine the defense, what we've seen since the coaching change. How this group looks under Doc Rivers, what's believable, what may take a step backwards in the offense. How do you start to fix that? We get into that conversation coming up next on Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia, joined as always by Camille Davis. You can hear me on the Bucks Radio Network. You can also find Camille on the Technical Foul podcast and during football season on the Carry the G in MKE podcast as well. We both thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, Camille, yesterday we talked about Damian Lillard and what to expect from him or hope from him maybe more accurate in the second half of the season revisited that trade and took a look at how drew holiday has performed in boston today we look at another change and that's on the defensive side where it felt like we were starting to see some things and we kept pointing to november 3rd when you put brooke lopez back in the drop and then slowly those numbers started to get more messy where there wasn't that whole much separation the coaching change came, and even in those three games with Joe Prunty, you kind of viewed it as this feels like a preseason type of game where I, I don't know what to really take from this, but I feel good. By and large, the defenses look much better and what we expected coming into the season. where They've been just better than league average, uh, but the offense has been the issue. So knowing the offense is going to change and Doc Rivers himself pointing to, look, it, it takes some out of you to play this way of defense. I do think it's safe to assume we're going to see the defense take a little bit of a step backward as well. 
But as a whole, when you assess the way this defense has looked under Doc Rivers, do you believe this is closer to what this Bucks team is, or is it somewhere between what we've seen in this uh, Doc Rivers era and then before that under Adrian Griffin? I think that we're seeing what the Bucks were hoping could be. I don't want to say the best case scenario because, of course, your best case scenario is being like top in the league. But realistically, when you're going from Drew Holiday at point guard to Damian Lillard, you know you're going to lose some defense there. And it's not even just that trade uh, to bring Damian that changed the landscape for the Bucks. When you even look at the bench and the type of guys that the Bucks have on their bench now, like there's no more Javon Carter. There's no more Wes Matthews on your bench. So you're losing a few guys who have rotational roles, at least in the regular season, Wes so much more in the postseason, uh, who came in and they were defensive first guys who you were hoping could knock down open shots when the opportunity presented itself for them. So with that, and now you have Malik Beasley, you have Damian Lillard, you do have Patrick Beverly, which helps again with that whole idea of a defensive guard um, coming off of your bench. So I think the defense... Seeing that under Doc so far, according to Cleaning the Glass, the Bucks have had the 11th best defense. And of course, Cleaning the Glass filters out the garbage time, things of that sort. So the numbers are always going to be a little bit differently than what you see on NBA.com. But looking at that 115.1 uh, defensive rating for this team over that stretch with uh, the coaching change, like that feels like something that could be sustainable. Now, we're going to see that put to the test because we've mentioned it numerous times how difficult the Bucks' upcoming schedule is. But I think that you have a formula and the guys have been able to understand the defensive principles a bit better under Doc. He mentioned coming in, like, what I want to do is simplify things so guys aren't thinking as much when they're playing. They get to just react and they get to play. Uh, simplifying concepts, establishing some ground rules for the guys. Like he mentioned how uh, you saw Dame and Bees crashing for rebounds. And he's like, I mean, it's cool, but like Damian Lillard, we, we don't want him trying to get defensive rebounds, like get back. So there are certain like what we would say are like basic defensive fundamentals that Doc is just implementing um, and trying to help this team think or not think and just play. In addition to that, uh, it's the conditioning levels with them having to get used to playing at this level of defense uh, under him, which is a bit different than what they were being coached to do under Griff. So there has been that conditioning aspect to it as well. So the defense, I think we can continue to see the Bucks be a top 12 defense uh for the rest of the season, uh, probably even screwing the top 10 if they're healthy, because we got to keep in mind a few of those games they had. Um, we haven't had Chris Middleton, who is one of their larger wing defenders as well, which some people might say, well, what are you saying with Chris Middleton being that guy? And of course, he's not the same defender that he was, you know, before the injuries four years ago. But uh, what we've seen this year, he's a bigger body. He's a smart defender. Um, he's somebody who is plus in a team concept. So you want Chris out there. They haven't had Chris for a few games. They won a few games without Brooke Lopez during that stretch as well. We know how important he is to this Bucks defense. So even within those numbers of seeing them be a top 11 defense over the stretch. There have been key pieces in and out of the lineup uh, that will be really interesting to see how this Bucks team is able to come together defensively once everybody is here. And you also have the Patrick Beverly edition. So it's wondering to see how all this can come together. But I think that once it does, they can continue to be uh, one of the, you know, top third defenses in the league. So um, in the interest of, continuity here you mentioned i'll give some of the numbers um in these comparisons but um 
since Doc Rivers was inserted as, or I shouldn't say that, since this coaching change was made for the Bucks, according to Cleaning the Glass, they have the 11th best defense in the league. And to me, what's notable about that is there isn't a whole lot of separation from 5 to 11. All those teams are basically separated by one point per 100 possessions. You have the Timberwolves who have been beyond elite defensively. The Timberwolves and the Cavaliers have far and away been the two best defensive teams. Aside from that, from three all the way down to where the Bucks currently reside, it's a lot of teams you would expect with maybe one interesting one that you and I have talked about before, Camille. You have the Celtics, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder, you have the Orlando Magic, you have the Houston Rockets, who were one of the best defenses in the league earlier in the season. It yeah. started to come around a little bit more of late. Uh, the Miami Heat, the Golden State Warriors, who have been beyond resurgent defensively, and the surprises, the Dallas Mavericks are up there at ninth. The Phoenix Suns, with the fifth best defense in the league since January 24th, and you have the Milwaukee Bucks at 115.1. So not a whole lot of separation between 5 and 11. That's the conversation you're in now prior to the coaching change. And again, just looking at cleaning the glass, the Bucs were 21st in defense. There was a gap once you got to around 18 or so. So you were very clearly walled off from being a top half defense. You weren't close to it. Now in, in the games that we've seen played since then, you've been better than average. And, and I've heard a little bit of the chatter of, man, the you know you got Damian Lillard and you got Giannis, but this defense just isn't good enough. Look, I know it's not a massive sample size, but it is 13 games that we're looking at. The defense has been more than good enough. If you are going to be sitting around 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range, that is good enough uh, yep. for a team that has Giannis and Damian Lillard. So it's just a matter of consistently getting that night in, night out. And then as we'll get to a little bit later, really getting that offense corrected um, for this Bucks team as well. I do want to take a look at the offense but some of the differences that we've seen in this defense, what they're doing differently, why we mentioned what's fool's gold, what is believable and uh, what isn't, because it's been a much different looking defense. We will get into that conversation and a whole lot more coming up after the break on Locked on Bucks. Well, it is uh, time now to talk to you about our friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. And uh, this episode of FanDuel is also uh, brought to you today by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn can uh, help you out if you're hiring for your small business and you want to find quality professionals that are right for that role. Uh, all of us use LinkedIn when we're looking to fill those voids. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and more importantly, 
for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time to find those hires. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Camille, the offense. We uh, touched on some of the issues that we'd seen defensively prior to this coaching change. Offensively, it, it clearly has not been good enough. We just made the case, look, the defense has been more than good enough. Right. The offense hasn't. And I think what's notable about this group is they've had a lot of health for the most part all season long. Prior to the coaching change, it's been almost a 180, though not quite as much when you think about where the Bucks ranked in all these offensive numbers. So looking at uh, the four factors here for both sides of the ball, the Bucks had the fourth best offense in the league, according to cleaning the glass prior to the coaching change. They had the fourth best effective field goal percentage. They were fifth in turnover percentage. In, in other words, the amount of possessions that resulted in a turnover when they had the ball. They were third in free throw rate. So how frequently do you get to the free throw line? They were 24th in offensive rebounding. Not great uh, there. Defensively, the only thing that really stood out was they were holding opponents to a relatively low effective field goal percentage. And they were 10th in free throw rate. So they were fouling more than we saw under Bud, but not to an excessive amount. They weren't forcing turnovers. They weren't rebounding the ball defensively. They were giving up way too many transition breaks. And it just meant as good as you were offensively, it was kind of lost in what you saw defensively. Now, since offense has been the issue, right, that we pointed to uh, all of your offensive numbers in those four factors are in the middle of the pack. You're 18th in offensive efficiency. You're 12th in effective field goal percentage, 11th in turnover, 14th in free throw rate. That's the biggest one. They're not getting to the line quite as much as they were but your, your defense has started to rise. It is worth pointing out in these 13 games, what, seven of them for all intents and purposes have been without Chris Middleton, which is a big piece. I know Dame and Giannis are huge, but that's a big piece to be without. Uh, three of them without Brooke Lopez, two without Damian Lillard, one of those games without any of those three guys. So, of course, that's going to have an impact on the offense. However... Um, it, it started with me kind of saying, look, I, I get the offense hasn't been great when we would point out the defensive numbers and people ask, well, what about the offense? It is a little bit harder to sweep that under the rug at this point with 13 games and seeing the same things, but I still kind of cling to, I, I just got to see this group healthy, similar to the conversation that we had about Dame. We got to see it in the playoffs. 
I just got to see this group healthy. I got to see Chris Middleton on the floor with this group under Doc Rivers system consistently. And oh, by the way, that that version of Damian Lillard that we were calling for yesterday, I got to see that out there before I start to make any judgment on the offense. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to also think about the level of competition that the Bucs have been playing since the coaching change has occurred, which I think is a big piece of it. Like the month of December when the Bucs went on their their big streak, their win streak, like you're looking at who they're playing against, right? Month of December, just really quickly running through it. Atlanta, New York, Indiana, Chicago, Indiana, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, Orlando, New York, New York, Brooklyn, Cleveland. Now, you hear those teams and you're not hearing a lot of super like defensive teams where you're like, hey, that's going to be a tough night. The calendar changes. And of course, we have that Indiana back to back with them. And we know how that series goes. They had San Antonio, they had Houston. And during that stretch there where you're looking at them, uh, they lost the majority of those games outside of that San Antonio game. Then you had the Utah game that they lost. And you're like, these are games that feel as if the Bucks should be winning in these situations here. Then you have Boston, Golden State, Sacramento, Cleveland, Detroit, Detroit, Cleveland. I should say after the Detroit games that were both kind of, well, the last one was kind of close where you're like, hey, you know, this is Detroit. That's when a coaching change happens. And then you see Cleveland twice, New Orleans, Denver, Portland, Dallas, Utah, Phoenix, Minnesota, Charlotte, Denver, Miami, and Memphis. And the Memphis loss, that one, yes, that was a bad loss. You don't want to see that uh, with the, the team that the Memphis Grizzlies are rolling out there on the floor. But looking at the numbers, okay, this is the level of comp that you're going to be looking to see too as the postseason rolls around. There are not going to be any scrubs there where you're like, hey, this is going to be an easy go. So the competition does play a part in it as well. But I mean, there was also the coaching change there um, and guys just have to get back to uh, finding their comfort levels in this new system. What was really interesting to me is that since the coaching change, the Bucks three-point shooting leader has been Pat Connaughton which I'm not sure if anybody would have thought or guessed on a low volume. Of course, Pat only has gotten up about two threes a game, but he's been knocking them down at a 46% clip. And then you have Bobby Portis following him 43.5%. Meanwhile, you have your Malik Beasley down at 38.1%. Since the change, you have Damian Lillard down at 30.3. Like Giannis is shooting 35% from three since the coaching change, which again, volume matters, but it just goes to show uh, what we are looking for. Again, hoping the three-point contest and the the weekend being done now can help jumpstart Dame a bit. You're hoping that Malik Beasley can get back into his comfort zone uh, there as well. So uh, there's room for growth with this team and you're seeing it. You're seeing where they can get better at. Um, And then there's also going to be possibly the addition of Danilo Gallinari. It hasn't been made official yet, but he's supposed to be coming on the buyout market. Who could be another guy to throw out there uh, for bench units? Maybe it's a night where Bobby doesn't have it. You can throw him out there, see if he can get you some buckets as well, because uh, he's a scorer. He can get you some buckets. So the Bucks offense has to be better. There is no, there's no question about that. Like you can't sugarcoat that. It has to be better. That's why you made the trade for Dame. It's for the offense to be elite. So you're looking for the Bucks offense uh, to return to form of what you saw earlier under Adrian Griffin uh, as the season continues to to wind down here. Yeah, a, a couple of things that you bring up there when we look at the teams that the Bucks have played because that's a good point. And there are some numbers that back up just what we've seen. And again, reasons for optimism, despite what we'd seen in the last week or so 
in terms of the record. We will get into that and uh, wrap things up after this on Locked on Bucks. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is what also keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply ebay's guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Camille, um, you mentioned the schedule the Bucks had uh, gone through, and I do think it's worth pointing out this. In the first 43 games of the season, when the Bucks had that 30-13 and 13 record, you look at games played against teams in the top 10. It, relative essentially to their net rating. Um, the Bucks played nine games out of 43 against that group. Now, the good news is they were six and three in those games. Uh, they had the third best offense against those teams. Their defense was sixth best, which is a trend we'll get to in a moment, but nine out of 43. So in other words, one out of every five games you were playing was against the best teams in the league. Since the coaching change, the Bucs have played 13 games and they have played seven against <laughs> those caliber teams. They've gone three and four, but those three wins are tied for the most in the league against those teams since that time period. And again, what stands out is the Bucks' defense has been sixth best in the league in those games. Offense has been 13th. So uh, it, it fits what we've seen overall with the offense, but that just backs up. Look, this schedule's been incredibly challenging, but that brings me to my last point is, is those records and the ratings that I mentioned where the Bucks currently sit in those games against the best teams in the league. I know there's a lot of difference in the pre and post coaching change, but if we look at the season as a whole in those games, the Bucks are nine and seven. So they played 16 of their 56 games against the best competition that's out there. They're nine and seven. The Oklahoma City Thunder, Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, and Minnesota Timberwolves are the four teams that have won more games against that level of competition. You look at teams around the Bucs. Uh, the New York Knicks are 6-9 and nine in those games. The Sixers are 6-7 six and seven in those games. The Cavs are 4-7. and seven. Bucks are 9-7, and seven, above 500. They have the seventh-best offense, best ineffective field goal percentage, fifth best defense and fifth in opponent's effective field goal percentage. 
They have been at their best when the competition has been their best. And I think that's what we've seen by and large for this season is this version of the Bucks? They can beat anybody. They and can lose. They can lose anybody. Is the other side of that coin? Yeah, absolutely. But that's something that's encouraging. Like that's something I would look at because again, come playoff time, you're not going to be playing against the worst of the worst. It's going to be against the best of the best. And that's one thing I've noticed with this team under both head coaches, where it seems just some games they don't have the effort or the focus. Where it's like. Are you guys really like, are you playing down the competition? Are you just not here? It's a random Tuesday in December. Like, you know what I mean? Like the season is long, understand. Um, And those are questions I've had under both head coaches so far. I was looking at that Memphis game that they just had um, heading into all-star break. We know it's heading into break. Doc mentioned himself, like half the guys were in Cabo, half the guys were here, but that's a game where, Thinking of the standings, they're two and a half games behind the Cavaliers right now for second in the East, right? And they played that Memphis game after losing to a shorthanded Miami team at home. So you were thinking, hey, heading into the break would be really good to get a win. Keep pacing the standings, going to the break on a good note. Instead, they went into it on a really sour note. And it's not our first time seeing that. We saw this team lose to Houston earlier this year under Griff. We heard Giannis come out talking about how everyone had to have pride. They had to be better, play better, do better. We have to want it. We have to understand it. And then the very next game, they go to Utah and they lose by like almost 20 points. So it's one of those things where you were like, hey, we just talked about pride, about effort. You had your star player saying it, and then you come and lay another egg. Like this team seems to get up for the big games. And that's a, a trait in it where you're thinking postseason wise, like that's going to come in handy. You're ready for the moment. Regular season, it might lead to some very infuriating losses uh, because like we said, you can beat anyone, but you can lose to anybody as well. Are you going to have the effort uh, to, to play hard for a full 48, even against competition that you're looking at the standings, you're like, they can't hang with us. It's any given night. Everyone's getting paid. So you have to bring that. So I do look at that for the postseason lens and I'm like, Hey, that should bear well, but I do want to see this team consistently play well to end out this season because again, coaching change, we understand everything that they've had going for them and all the changes that they have been faced with. So you want to see them come together, start to gel, bring that unity. So that's what I'm hoping to see going forward to end the season. I think it's a good thing that they've been able to hang with the best teams. We've seen them in clutch time. We know how they turn up when the pressure is on. So it's a good trait to have. We'll love to see a few more of those blowout wins um, along the way to end the season. Though I don't know if my heart can take too much of that uh, before the postseason starts. Yeah, and, and just to answer the last question too, in terms of what's real and what isn't, uh, I, I do think, you know, not to be too much of a homer here, I do think the offense is largely what isn't real, that that's going to continue to develop, and and we both expect to see a much different and more efficient Damian Lillard. You need Chris Middleton back as well, and that's going to juice your offense. You mentioned that other name that's allegedly joining the team. That's another area that's going to help with your spacing, and Danilo Gallinari in a player, not just threes, but mid-range jumpers as well. That's been an issue for the Bucs this season. So I do think that's part of what isn't real for this team. What is real to me is the defense and and where they currently sit. Um, It's not out of the expectations to say, can this team finish somewhere around there? Can you get into the top 15 for your overall body of work? Maybe, but just in terms of post-coaching change, 
I do think we've seen enough from this team to, to see they can be a top 12, maybe even top 10 defense because they've been rebounding. They've been cleaning up their transition play and all of that has also helped them clean up those points in the paint and, and second chance points. So you've grabbed the low hanging fruit and started to improve it there. As Frank often mentions with uh, Mike Budenholzer, you've started to do some of that with Doc Rivers. And the last thing is, as we just went through, your reasons for optimism are number one, the strides we've seen defensively, but also your record in those games against the best teams in the league, especially since the coaching change was made. And the last thing I'll throw out there as well, before we wrap up here, Camille is, you know, we mentioned they've been at their best when they have their best out there in those minutes with Giannis, Dame, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez on the floor together. The Bucs are in the 98th percentile offensively with a 125.7 rating. They are in the 94th percentile defensively at 109.3. For context, the best defense in the league right now is the Timberwolves, who are 108.2. The Cavs are at uh, 110. And I just mentioned the Bucs in those minutes, 109.3. So right in the middle of those two teams. That, again, is what we keep pointing to when we say, I trust this team. In those big moments, they have a track record of this. And again, those numbers so far back it up this season. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm clinging on to for hope with this season. Like, again, it's been a frustrating season. It's been a lot of change. It's been a lot of, should this should Adrian Griffin be here? Should he be on the hot seat? Should he be gone? Like, it's been a lot this season. And I know some Bucks fans have said, like, it's not even enjoyable. When you're playing with expectations, it's different. It's different. Like, that's why I always try to keep the focus of just saying I'm taking each game as it comes, each season as it comes, because I understand, like, hey, we have a franchise talent here with Giannis Antetokounmpo. As long as he's here, the Bucks have a chance. But with that comes a lot of pressure. So try, I would say, the Bucks fans who are struggling to enjoy uh, the basketball so far this season. Just remember, you're, you're watching one of the greatest players of all time suit up for your hometown team or your favorite team if you're not from Milwaukee. You're watching it game in and game out. At least try to find the joy um, in some of the characters and some of the players who were able to watch here because there's going to come a time where this era is done and we're going to look back on it and be like, what a time in Bucks basketball. So I would try to offer that as well. Just look at what's in front of you. Um, and if the, you know, Hey, we're hoping that things in the postseason, they start clicking. And that's the, that's the hope. Um, as I mentioned, we are still ironing out the details for a special guest to join us here later this week. And uh, also, we do have to spend some time a little bit later in the week as well on those additions that the Bucks have made to the roster here in the form of a two-way and a buyout uh, addition here. So we'll get into that uh, coming up as well as we get you set for the return to basketball and the second half schedule. For Camille, I am Justin. We'll talk to you once again tomorrow on Locked on Bucks. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 